Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Thanks for joining us tonight. Tomorrow's Martin Luther King Day. Most people off work, so hopefully you can join us while you're wrapping up. We're about to start the fourth quarter of the Dallas-Green Bay game. Green Bay up 28-13 on the road against Mighty Dak Prescott. We'll see how how the fourth quarter goes. I don't know if Dallas can come back or not because Aaron Rodgers is just carving this team up right now. And Dallas did get the pick early just a minute ago. Bad throw by Rodgers, but a great interception. It was it was not just an interception. It was a phenomenal grab. But they only stopped him again when they were inside the five-yard line one time. So, overall, Aaron Rodgers is having his way with this Dallas defense, Jonathan. And it's 28-13 now. Cowboys moving it, but – I just don't think they can make up 15 points with Aaron Rodgers on the field. They they have not shown me they can slow him down yet and get any pressure on him. Uh, this is why I picked Green Bay in the game, and, and, and it's all about what I've said all year about experience. There's a playoffs, there's a regular season, and I just don't think this Cowboys team is ready for the playoffs or to play an Aaron Rodgers, that is. Well, to be completely honest, I don't think there's any team out there right now whose defense would be ready for uh, peak Aaron Rodgers. And that's what we're seeing right now. This is Aaron Rodgers uh, at his finest. And now, obviously, Dallas's defense has been something that we've, you know, questioned for most of the season. They've never had a great pass rush. It never seemed like their secondary was uh, phenomenal. Uh, but we, we've definitely seen Rodgers exploit, exploit all levels of their defense uh, today. And I, I just don't know if there's anybody who would be able to survive this. This is this is why I think right now Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Hey, agreed, agreed. Last year it was Cam Newton, I said. This year it's Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. But but mm-hmm. but really, honestly, no, even last year, if I had one drive left to go in a game and I needed – to move the ball. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback. I don't care who else is in there. So Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, Dallas can't get they, – they make some dumb mistakes right now. They're down 15 with the ball on Green Bay's 41. I think – and I, I know this is stupid and it wouldn't happen, but the best matchup would have been Tony Romo in a shootout against Aaron Rodgers. That gives Dallas a, a chance to use all the weapons on the field – and it kind of keeps their defense off the field. But I know you can't do that as a coach. That you, you would have to be me to do that. And I'm one of those that would take a chance like that and see a matchup. Green Bay struggling secondaries, a lot of people out. Well, who do I have on my team that can exploit that? I have great receivers, and I have Tony Romo that can throw the ball vertically down the field. I think that's really where Dallas is going to lose this game because they don't have a quarterback really that can throw downfield which they just threw except, more 10 yards downfield. Congratulations. Except for, that, except for that 40-yard touchdown pass in the air to Des yeah. Bryant. No, he can't throw downfield yeah. at all. I mean, cool, let, 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 let's give Dak a little more well, credit he here. And, but he made a beautiful throw Con- to hit Dak in stride. You don't consist, need to do I'm talking about a But you don't need that. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. You don't need that. If you if you rely on a quarterback to throw bombs the whole game, you got issues. You got Carolina's offense that obviously shows some warts this year. That that's the reality well, of it. Saying, what Dallas needs to do is run the to, football. They need to run the ball right now. How many big balls? 
How many deep balls has Aaron Rodgers thrown today? Off top of my head, I, re- I mean, what are we defining as deep? Longer than 10 yards or longer than 20? I'd say 20. I'd say longer than 20. Mm, not that many. But there's a there's a threat, though. There's a in that threat, that respect, that he could do it. He just flips his wrist. Dak Prescott hasn't proven to me he's consistent enough, which I just think you need more of a gunslinger back there if you're going to play Green Bay. Now, against Atlanta, it may not be the same thing, but that was a hold I just missed right there on that he got sacked. Prescott did. But I'm loving this Green Bay team right now. I mean, this is, do you realize this could be the first road win, first underdog road win? I mean, just any underdog, any road team in the playoffs right now? Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose at home, and, and there's no better. And I think that bye week sometimes can really kill you. I mean, that bye week, you get Green Bay hot. Did you Green Bay? I think they went three and out, or, or they punted on their first five or six possessions last week and still scored 38 points. So I think Green Bay has gotten in a rhythm over the last seven weeks, and they just haven't slowed down. And it reminds me of that Green Bay team that won a Super Bowl, I believe. It's just once you get hot, it's just hard to cool off a team like Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is impossible to stop. I don't care what defense you have, really, unless you can get a lot of pressure, which Carolina showed you how to do that last year. But Dallas just doesn't have it. Dallas is about to score. But the question is, can they stop Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan, in a quarter and outscore him by 16 points? Uh, probably not, and I put a lot of that blame on this defense. It's just, on Madden, it would be like having a bunch of 80 players out there. Like, you know, yeah, they're going to make, you know, they're going to make tackles, but you're not going to get a bunch of sacks. You're not going to get a bunch of interceptions. They're just, they're going to be good enough to slow the other team down and make them actually drive. Uh, that that's, that's all Dallas' defense is right now. And, you know, they, Dallas didn't run the ball enough. That interception on what was going to be able to, that little pop screen was a stupid play call, uh, A. B, Micah Hyde read that so well, Des Bryant wasn't ready to block him. Like, I, I can't blame Dak on that play because the the whole thing there is snap and throw. You, you're assuming that everybody's going to be ready to do their job. You don't assume the safety is already going to be five yards in the backfield waiting on that throw. Yeah, Dallas has scored 28-20, 11-39. I mean, they're going to have to have more than one stop in this game, I think. You know, they're going to have to – I don't know. I just don't think they can do it. Aaron Rodgers is the car. What worries me right now if I'm a Dallas fan, my defense has been on the field a lot this game. We really haven't shown we can stop Aaron Rodgers. Um He'll take six minutes off this clock and put the ball in the end zone, leave you five minutes down 15. That's my fear if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan right now. You have to get a three and out or at least get it on the second first down. You have to get a punt. Because if you don't, any score right now in this game from Green Bay is going to end this up. Because I just don't think Dallas can just drive down the field and score. Yeah, they, they threw a deep pass earlier. Congratulations. They just scored off the turnover here. But this Dallas Cowboys team is exactly what I thought they were. They're, I'm not surprised at all. And uh, 
it looks like it could be Green Bay and Atlanta next week in Atlanta. And that would be a great that'd be a great matchup right there because you talk about a secondary problem with Green Bay. You got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones that can take care of business there and Atlanta can run the football. They will not go away from that identity where Dallas has gone away from their identity this game. And I guess that's what happens when you get down twenty one to three. Sometimes you get out of your your you know, your routine, what what got you there, but really the way offense is, Jonathan, you don't have to abandon your running game unless you're down eight in the fourth quarter maybe, but when it's in the first, second quarter, you can continue to run the same offense and keep doing what got you there. I mean, these are just the same complaints about Jason Garrett that we've had ever since he became head coach. Uh, you know, ever, ever since he took over, it was a quarterback-friendly uh, play calling because – he was a quarterback in the NFL. You you know what he's going to run. Um, you know, he, when they had Romo and they had, uh, you know, so many decent running backs, not great, but decent running backs, uh, like Marion Barber. Um, you know, you had guys like Julius Jones, even when they had, like, Felix Jones. You know, these guys were talented running backs, and Romo stole the ball 35, 40 times a game because that's just what Jason Garrett wants to run. So, uh, I think, I honestly think if you're the Cowboys, you look at this and you, at some point, Jerry Jones has to wonder, could I do better? Could I do, you know, and it, 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 it's just, it's nothing against Jason Garrett, you know, personally, but I think that there comes a certain point where the Cowboys have to wonder if they could do better at head coach. Because uh, you have all this talent, you have what should be the most balanced offense out of anybody still in the playoffs. And it's such a heavy pass split. I mean, it, it it just it blows my mind. You're Atlanta, and I know I said Rogers best quarterback in the NFL earlier. I don't mean any disrespect to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been phenomenal this year. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He's got amazing talent with Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. They got a post of tight ends. Um, you know, I, I think Atlanta is definitely, like you said, somebody who can take advantage of Green Bay's secondary, just like I think Green Bay can take advantage of Atlanta's secondary. That'd be a fun yeah, one. That's your classic shootout. I'll bet the over. I'll bet the over. It's not set it at 66. Is that what you said it at? I'll set it at 66. That may be tempting to go under, but I'd probably still go over. Sixty-six. I mean, that's just that's crazy. But I mean, great game. And tonight, why did that Kansas City Pittsburgh game get postponed till later tonight? Was it was it due to storms or was it like snow? Uh, it was an ice storm. They were actually going around earlier and having to chip the ice off of all the seats. Yeah. Yeah. I like Kansas City tonight, man. I like them. At home, night game. I mean, how big of a difference is that playing at night at Kansas City compared to what? It was supposed to be like the 1 p.m. Eastern game or something like that. It would have been a 1 o'clock game. Right. And arrowhead compared to an 8.20 kickoff. That's, that's a big difference. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I, I do think that makes a, a world of a difference when we're talking about uh, the conditions of this game. Um, 
you know, I, I'm rooting for the Steelers because of uh, because of the family ties. Yeah, but you know, and I mean, personally, I like Antonio Brown. I like Big Ben. Uh, they still have uh, you know James Harrison and Lawrence Timmons. You know, so they're you know they're just guys on their team that I enjoy um, watching. And they could and, be New um, England. And and I think they have the best chance yep. to be New England. So so do I. That, that's part of the reason. You know, it's it's kind of like who were you rooting for with Clemson, Ohio State? If you had no dog in the fight, you were rooting for the team you thought had the best chance to beat Alabama. That's what you were yeah, doing. You might not have realized it, but you were doing it, and that's why a lot of people were rooting for Clemson. That's why a lot of people were picking Clemson. But because they looked at it and said, they're probably the only one who's going to beat Bama. So I think that's why – you, me, and a bunch of people are going to be rooting for Pittsburgh. Oh, you you led us into the Clemson. We haven't been on the show since Clemson, Alabama, but it, would, it, right. would it surprise you if Vegas Vegas lost more money than in any event ever on the Clemson, Alabama game? And that surprises me a little bit, Jonathan. I thought people would be betting on Alabama more than Clemson. Why were – you know, it just surprised me. Why would people – load up that much on Clemson. I miss it. I miss that game. I mean, I was pulling for Clemson. Trust me on that. You know what I was pulling for and I wanted to win, but it just surprised me that, that this Alabama defense gave up that many yards and points, but I guess when you get 99 plays run against you, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, well, I'd like to point out that I'm the only one on here who picked Clemson, so thank you. Um, and I know some of y'all picked on the cover, but I, I went with the straight outright, let's go with the underdog. Um, it's what I told y'all. Look, man, Ole Miss scored, what, 43 points. It was a mobile quarterback. It was an up-tempo offense. Uh, you, had, you had big physical receivers. And the only thing Ole Miss didn't do that Clemson did was to run the football. Clemson came out after Alabama and said, we're going to run the ball down your throat. You're going to eat it. I don't care if you stop us after two yards or three yards. We're still going to run at you. You're going to have to stop it. We're going to do it up-tempo. Uh, Clemson is one of the only teams this year outside of Ole Miss that was able to get Alabama to the fourth quarter and get that defense somewhat tired. And you could tell Alabama's defense uh, was gassed. Um, you know, that, and Clemson has the depth that most teams don't have when they play Bama. Like, Washington didn't have the depth. And we saw that in the, when Bo Scarborough just ran all throughout them. They, you know, they didn't stand a shot. Uh, whereas Clemson had the depth, especially on the defensive front seven, to withstand that. I, I think um, at the end of the day, Vegas made their own bed, lied in it, and got shot in it. Because people kept betting Clemson, and they weren't moving that line off the six, six and a half, seven. Uh, you know, a lot of them, they just did not want to get off that range. Bama's been a nice moneymaker for them all year. Um, they weren't backing down now, and they got burnt. They got burnt bad. Uh, and that's one of those they didn't look at history and look at trends and realize, you know what, maybe maybe we you know, should drop this line uh, to, let's say, three, which I think we both agree probably would have been the correct, a perfect line uh, right around three, let's say three and a half Bama. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I'm happy for Dabo. I don't, you know, I think if anybody, um, you know, fought, you know, I mean, he worked really hard to get Clemson where they're at. Whether you like him or not, I'm an old Florida State fan, I don't like Clemson. Uh, but I do respect the man for what for the work he's done. 
Um, you know, and yeah. you know, when they hired him and he had no coaching, no head coaching or coordinator experience and everybody said it was going to be a failure. I know, you know we all kind of picked on it, even in 2012 when South Carolina was still whooping up on him. You know, we were all like, oh, Dad, but what a mistake. When's your next coach? And, you know, he brings him a title. So mm-hmm. my, my hat's set to him. My hat's well, set to Mike Williams as well for coming back from the broken neck. And, and, you know, I got a little emotional when that clock was a one second and I saw Watson and he realized, oh, my God, look how I just ended my career here. And you couldn't ask for a better kid to be the face of your your program. And and I got a little teary-eyed. Not only was I happy Alabama lost, but I felt good for this kid because he did it the right way. Nobody gave him a chance. But I want to ask you something. Be honest with me. And, and I think the answer is yes. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my answer. Yes. Lane Kiffin leaving during the week impacted this team offensively. And if you couldn't tell that, just look at Hurts the way he looked all night. 13-31, 131 yards. Jonathan, even though they scored 31 points, I'm telling you, Lane Kiffin not being there cost Alabama the national championship. A lot of people won't admit that, but I'm sitting here telling you that. want to know your thoughts. I don't. I don't think Lane Kiffin leaving directly impacted Hurts' performance as far as inaccuracy. Hurts has been inaccurate all year. This is the kid that we've been talking about all season. And Alabama fans quietly might not have been doing that a lot, but quietly were like, mm, "This kid ain't no Jake Coker now, ain't he?" You know, as far as you know, being a, being a passer of the football. Um, and we saw it bite him. I you you've got to be you've got to be better than that as a as a true freshman in the national championship game, I hold nothing against him. He put together a great performance. Uh, we don't have one of the best endings in national championship history without Jalen Hurt leading his team down the field and just willing his team uh, to get to get that lead back, which I, I sadly I think we all knew was just coming. It was inevitable. Um, it was third so, downs is what killed him, though, Jonathan. The third down yep. conversion, that's what Kiffin was great at, setting up his team to get third downs. And they got, like, one the entire game, I think. They didn't convert a third down after the first quarter, and I could be mistaken, but I don't think they converted one after the first drive of, the, of their first offensive drive of the game. Um, so... I mean, they, they had a miserable night defense. on third down. Yeah, which means your defense is out there the entire game. Yeah. Oh, well, I they were, and I want to say that's the first team, that's the first time a team has run 90-plus plays on on Nick Saban. I'm, I, I, yeah. that's what, I believe that's what they said during the broadcast. It just blew my mind. And then, of course, you have the funny note of, Nick Saban was, you know, 97-0 or whatever when taking a double-digit lead into the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of trends got busted in that game. Uh, Clemson became the second team to come back from being down double digits to win a uh, national title. Um, I think we all know who the first one was. Um, and then uh, they the became hell, uh... the first team. <laughs> And they became the first team to uh, make that uh, double-digit comeback against Saban in the fourth quarter. 
And it came down to Jordan Light was huge tight end. Mike Williams was a stud. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, and if I had told you at the end of the day, he was the best quarterback in college football. I don't think anybody would argue that. And you saw a lot of people say he should have won the Heisman. And that's two yeah, years in a row, could. by the way. And, I mean, that's two years in a row, by the way, after the National Championship game. People went, oh, Deshaun Watson was probably the highest trophy winner, wasn't he? And you're like, he probably just be it. I mean, last year I could easily have given it to McCaffrey and been fine with it um, just because of how much he actually impacted his team uh, for being a non-quarterback. Uh, you know, and Lamar Jackson before that November from hell looked like a lock. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, what an amazing, amazing play. Uh, numerous times in the game. You know, the throw to Leggett where it was almost a no-man, um, no-man ball. You had uh, the throws to Mike Williams that were just perfect. And, you know, he was – I found Hunter Renfro. By the way, Hunter Renfro, walk-on. Everybody loves the walk-on. Uh, Artavis Scott, the fellow Pinellas County boy, um, with the uh, the pick, the spring Renfro free, which, by the way, Tim Williams from Alabama said the refs shouldn't have thrown a flag on that. They were right not to. I want to point that out there. Every Alabama fan is yeah. complaining about that play. And Tim Williams himself said – wasn't illegal to me. So, yeah, well, come we'll, on, guys. We'll talk about him in a few minutes, too. But, look, you know, all Alabama fans always said, you know, we're gonna, we have to be ourselves. Well, Clemson turned the ball over twice. Alabama didn't turn the ball over. Alabama didn't turn the ball over. They got outplayed with Clemson two turnovers. And that's the biggest, the biggest drive of that game, Jonathan, Remember, we were talking on Facebook, and I said, it's bad Clemson gets the ball first. Well, Clemson got it, and they fumbled. Alabama did not score. At that time, momentum flipped, I think, in that game. I could just feel the, the turn. And after, after that, Clemson just dominated these guys. And Bama had 82 yards of penalties. Clemson played a clean game with 35. But here's the kicker. Seven of 18 third downs for Clemson, two of 15. Alabama, Alabama, 376 total yards, 511. Clemson, let's just all agree right now, Clemson's the better football team. And I know there's people saying that Alabama still should possibly win the AP or they're talking about after that game. And no, Clemson beat you, buddy. They beat you bad on the stats, too. It was just like they, they were there physically with you. They beat you. And they had the best player in college football on their team right there. But the 10 minutes extra possession, I think, key in that game, Jonathan, just that 10 minutes extra, that defense. Alabama has not faced the team that can – and see, with Auburn, Auburn has a great defense this year compared. But when you're on the field all the time and Sean White and whoever, Jeremy Johnson's throwing incompletions on third down, that defense wears down. Oklahoma took care of it. Alabama did the same thing. Clemson did it to Alabama. If you can't get first downs, you can't win football games. And that's a lesson that I think a lot of people will start looking at now and paying attention to it. That stat is very important. Uh, I agree. Stuff, by the way. Um, I will say with both Scarborough went out with what turned out to be a broken bone in his leg, uh, boy, boy, that was tough. That was big. Yeah. 
That but was still, huge. But still, but still, they weren't running the ball. They weren't getting yep. first downs, and and I can't use that as an excuse because this is five star university here. I mean, there's you have Alabama, oh. their their scout team got five stars on it. So I don't want to hear any excuses from Bama fans about an right. injury. Well, you know, you know what the yeah. biggest play to me was. It was in the it was in the fourth quarter. I want to say it was halfway through it. A lot of you will remember it when I when I describe it. So it was third and like four for Alabama, and I want to say they were just inside the Clemson fifty. Um, and they were they threw a screen, and it was set up for Damian Harris. And if he catches that. And he and, and, and gets upfield. He's getting like yep. 20 yards. He might even score. But OJ Howard jumped up and snagged it and got tackled like right <laughs> away. That was the play of the game. People were like, "What about the touchdown?" And went, "No, no, 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 no." That play right there. Because if OJ Howard does his job and lets Harris catch that ball, the game's over. I mean, it's over. Alabama attacks another score. They 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 win this game. You know, Clemson's final touchdown, the backdoor cover kind of a situation. Uh, so if that was the play of the game, it was a great game, one of the best championship games I've watched. Uh, easily ranks in my top ten, considering that I don't know if I remember more than ten. <laughs> but it, it's probably in my top five at this point. Yeah. Just an update real quick. Dallas scored four minutes left in the game. They're going for two right now. We'll take you live to that conversion right quick, taking a break from the college football discussion. Aaron Rodgers licking his chops with four minutes left. This is I hope they get it here because I want to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball with the game on the line and see what he can do. But Dallas did on that last drive sack Aaron Rodgers to get the ball back. So here we go, the snap. Prescott's taking it, quarterback design run. He's in, two-point conversion. That's the benefit of having a dual threat quarterback. You'd have never seen Tony Romo. You'd have, you'd have never seen Tony Romo do that. So uh, this will be our tied first. Twenty-eight. This is this is going to be our first non-double-digit loss, barring any craziness of the postseason. Think about that for a minute. Wow, that's just been blowout. So here's the deal: you got the best quarterback in the world. Uh, coming to your team, but right now the momentum is is shifted big time since we've been on this show. Dallas has scored 15 unanswered points. They did get that stop I was talking about they needed, but my 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 question was, could they outscore by 16 this half? They're going to have to at least 18 right here to, to win this game, and four minutes left is a lot of time. If Aaron Rodgers who do you want in the game, Jonathan? If you got a quarterback right now, four minutes left, tied up on the road, who, who would you want? I mean, as of right now, I think it's Rodgers, uh, but I can't discount Brady or Ryan um, or Cam. Uh, screw Cam. Screw <laughs> Cam. 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 Cam was on pick six. We cry about it afterwards. Um. Yeah, Cam's not in my discussion anymore until he, he shuts up and starts acting like a grown man. I'm tired of hearing him. So get in the playoffs again, and we'll talk about you, Cam. But until then, just shut up. But you know what's disappointing? You know, like I was thinking today about the playoffs. Who cares if you make it or not? If you're going to go out the first round, does it even matter? I mean, like, okay, you made the playoffs. What do you do? 
you're all picked and get out of here. You know, you made the wild card, you're out. I mean, it's it's just like unless you can win it all, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it, it doesn't. Unless you get home field advantage, really, or you're good enough like Green Bay, you have a quarterback that can go on the road and win. And Dallas is not like a hostile environment. It's not. It's, it's not cold weather. It's warm weather. But anyway, who you got right now? Who's going to win this game? It's tied right now. Green Bay's getting the ball. Who do you got? Rockins. Jerry Jones is knocking. Both these teams find keep, do seem to find ways to lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Packers. I think <laughs> they just lead the clock on this drive. They're gonna you know nail the game winning field goal as as uh, the bell goes off. Uh, now, if your your statement about is it even worth it to make the wild card if you're just gonna get bumped out? I've been preaching that for years now. I that has been my soul. See, in the NBA, you hear that a lot. That's why they talk about tanking in the NBA so much. It's like, is it worth it to be an eight seed? No. Tank is the number one pick. You get a, get a superstar. In the NFL, if I, see, this is how I look at it as a Bucks fan. When the minute we lost to the Rams, I was on record saying, blow it up. Stop. Don't try. Lose. We'll finish 1-15, have a top three pick, Draft that, draft guys that can help the team, make us better, and let's try again next year. I mean, we finished essentially, you know, that loss to the Rams is what cost the playoff spot. If we beat the Rams or if we beat the Cowboys, we would have been the 60. Um, and my whole thing, though, is why would I want to have the number 18 pick in the first round? Give me a top five one. Blow it up and lose. I'm a firm believer in that. I really, I, that's why I was surprised Carolina played their guys and fought as much as they did at the end of the year. What was the point? I'm not, you have hope. Well, basically, they did shut him down, and and, I, and that was smart. Cam Newton should not have taken the field anymore. No. And I and I, and I get it. People come to see Cam play. Well, you know what? You can come to see him play all you want. They they didn't win, and I like they finished. I'd like to see more of four and twelve, to be honest with you, than six and ten, because that means San Francisco, the Browns, the Rams are going to get up there. Chicago, I mean, six and ten is too good to finish when you knew you were out of the playoffs way before that. You knew you weren't going to be able to to make it. So I'm I'm with you, if you want to. I mean, but just make sure you go out and get that the best offensive lineman you can. Make sure you. I think we have somebody in the queue. Let me see. It just popped uh, Quinn's here. Or is it Cuervo? I think it's Cuervo. Let me see. Cuervo, is that you, buddy? It is. How you doing, Brian? Jonathan, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, bud? Oh, I thought that was you. Sorry for the delay. I'm about to watch Aaron Rodgers lead a touchdown winning attack. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I'm going to get a trash can next to me so I can puke in it after it happens. No, no, it's interesting you brought Querwalk, because I was just about to say, you know, a team that was genius in the way they handled the end of the season was Chicago Bears. A lot of people would sit there and go, why? They lost. They were terrible. Well, no, really? Duh. I mean, they were trying to lose. But what they did was they threw a bunch of rookies and young guys out there and said, let's find out if we have anything in these guys. If we do, beautiful. If we don't, at least we know. And that's all what the Bears did. That's what Carolina should have done. 
And that's what, in all honesty, I wish the Bucks had been, even though most of our team is rookies and young guys. Uh, you know, so that I, I, you and I are in step with that. Cuervo, do you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if if you, you know, you know you don't have a shot at the postseason, I think it's kind of like how you would treat the preseason. You, you, you get, you play guys to see really who's going to make the team next year. You, you get a feel for who, who you want back um, as opposed to in the beginning of the season, in the preseason, like who's going to be here, who's going to make the team. But it's kind of like a preseason at the end of the season to see, well, all right, well, who, who's going to, who are we going to cut? Who are we going to bring back? You know, make some space for some new guys, you know, draft picks, free agents, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, 3-13, and 13, oh. but I, I'm good with it because of the, the the draft the draft spot that we got. And like you said, I mean, there's guys out there that you kind of look and you say, hmm, you know, this guy's got some potential. And then you got other guys and you're like, yeah, that, that they're not going to make it. Yeah. Either Either get home field advantage or – don't make the playoffs. Like I hate that people talk about. Yeah, oh, we made it. We got in. We're we're going on the road the first week. No, I mean even if you win that game, guess what? You're going to number one or two the next week to get your skull bashed in. So if you're not good enough to be a one, or, yeah, thank you. If you're not good enough to be a one or two seed and to have that by, chances are for the most part, not all the time, as you're seeing Green Bay right now. It's just not – if you don't have that kind of team or quarterback, you're not going to be able to do it. So, Tank, Cuervo, why was Cam Newton and and all those guys out there, Stewart, all those guys out there playing the last two games? I mean, what, are you going to beat your chest if you finish 8-8 eight and eight compared to 6-10? Yeah. I mean, it's just Honestly, stupid to Brian, put your stars I mean, at risk. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it could be a pride thing. I mean, you think about it, they were the defending NFC champions at the time. And they're like, okay, well, we can't just go out like this. Like, we have to at least finish the season strong. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that maybe that's what the, the thought process was. I mean, Ron Rivera is, is the type of guy, like, you know, he's not going to let, you know, his pride get in the way of just, oh, let's just throw the rest of the season. So, I, I mean, I, I, I wish I knew an exact answer, Brian, but that's the only thing I could think of is, you know, when, when you were the Super Bowl rep, the, you know the previous year and and yeah you have a bad season afterwards you're not just gonna uh show everyone that you're gonna tank the rest of the year so i don't know maybe that's what it is well i'm I'm excited to see a hungry carolina team next year and see what they got i think if cam newton can grow up a little bit and uh, i think a lot of his problems were mental this year I think he was mental. He got hurt a little bit, banged up. But I think he was a little gun shy, honestly. I think he was gun yeah. shy. Honestly, Brian, you know, and this is the uh, this is the the point I made on our show. You know, between myself and Sonny, on that being said, I think the problem with Carolina this year was they were too worried about what everybody else thought, what everybody else was saying, and, and all the outside, uh, you know, distractions. And they weren't worried about the internal, like you know, doing what you needed to do as a team. They were worried about everything else except for what was important, and that was what the guy to the left and to the right was doing and yeah. and really working together and only caring about They were hungry last year. Right, and and they lost it. They they, they totally lost that hunger, but, you, you, you know, you could see it next year. Yeah. Uh. 
I, I hope so. I, I hope so because I just want to see him get a ring. But I, I think you're going to see Cam Newton play just a couple of years. If he wins a ring, that may be it for him. I, I just I just think players these days, you heard Bo Jackson come out and say he wouldn't let his kids play football. But had he known the, the violence of football, he would have never played it really. I guess when you're that age, you don't really think of anything. You think you're invincible. But that's big words coming from Bo Jackson, one of the greatest athletes of all time, probably the best athlete of all time. But Cam Newton's got a family now. He's got a son, another one on the way. Um, I think it just changes your mentality of like, okay, I'm invincible. There's nothing to lose. All of a sudden, hey, if I get hurt, what about my kids? What about my wife? What about, you know, mm-hmm. baby mama? What, whatever you got. But uh, Aaron Rodgers has the ball second and one right now. 233 left in the game. Jonathan and Cuervo at midfield. It's not looking good for the Dallas Cowboys right now because Aaron Rodgers is about to – I just hope they don't score too quick, you know. I know. Look at Aaron Rodgers with a bootleg rush for four yards. Man, you know he wants it if he's running Cuervo. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is yeah, running, he, you know he wants a win. <laughs> yeah, he, he made another he made another run like that earlier yeah. too. And and the, the 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 interesting thing that I saw in that eleven it was an eleven yard scramble. Now normally he's he's a slider. He's a guy that he'll slide and he won't take he the dove. chance. He I mean he dove for that first down and then he just did it again. So that that's I mean, that's a guy that's that's determined. Uh he's not leaving Dallas without a victory. So um yeah. you know it's a, a two minute warning now. Yeah, he's a jerk and everything people say, but you know what? There's nobody that wants to win more than Aaron Rodgers, I'm telling you, man. He he wants to win. Yeah, he chews out his team. And I know you hate him, Cuervo. I'm not going to sit here and praise his name with you on the show because I know you may throw up, and we don't want you to throw up. But I just I just told a lot of Dallas fans to keep it, you know, real because there's a different season. When you talk, you know, you talk preseason and everything, the regular season and playoffs, there's such a difference in intensity and, and strategy and coaching when it comes to the playoffs than it does in regular season. Jason Garrett looked good all year in the in the regular season. The the back and dunk looked very good. But when you get in the playoffs, it's different. You're getting everybody's A game. That's That crap that worked in the regular season pretty much doesn't work in the postseason as much. But uh, Dallas fans, all those bandwagon Dallas fans are going to be jumping off the bandwagon. There will be a lot of dead Dallas Cowboy fans tonight. The wagon's going to roll over them. Right, right. Yep. And, you know, it, it's funny because everybody was trying to base this game off of, well, look what happened in week, what was it, four, week six, or whatever, whenever they played the first time. Let me tell you something. This is a totally different Green Bay Packer team than than, than it was, you know, uh, two and a half months ago when they played, or three months ago, whenever it was. Um, yeah, it was in Green Bay, about, wasn't it? They, well, yeah, the game, the game was in Green Bay. Um, nobody, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of different things. I mean, everybody was still trying to figure out, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's strengths and weaknesses and as well, you know, Zeke Elliott, which, I mean, he, he's just a, he's just a monster in himself, but you know, the biggest thing too is that that Aaron Rodgers was, was playing horrible now. I mean, he's thrown one interception in the past, you know, what, eight, nine weeks. He threw, he threw an interception today, and that was the only mistake he's made in the past two months. So, 
totally different team. And this is a totally different th- uh, atmosphere, totally different situation, like you said. I mean, regular season, yeah, it, it's great. You know, that, that, you know, Dallas went 13-3 and three or whatever it was, but none of that matters anymore. This is a, it's a new season. Everybody's 0-0 zero zero going into their playoff game. And, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's win or go home. I mean, there's really no else, other way to explain it. Yeah, and I want to see that Green Bay Atlanta game too. It's like Jonathan put the over sixty six. Uh oh, Aaron Rodgers just threw an interception. But I think it's oh, it interference right here. He he was trying to throw it out of bounds and he he wasn't strong enough right there. I think it was uh he may have had a free play or something, but it was a legal hand, legal use of the hands, I think, on thirty eight there. We're about to find out. He said it's uncatchable. How's it uncatchable when the guy picks it off, dumbass? <laughs> yeah, but just by looking at Jason Garrett's reaction, it's it, this penalty is going to be on Dallas. <laughs> well, how is it uncatchable when it, the guy takes it off and bounds? Hold on, it was uncatchable. Okay, let's just take the interception. Here's a call with this referee right here. Pass interference, 15 yards. Yes, sir. 15 yards. Oh. First down, but – I want to go to that topic real quick, and um, we'll come back to Bama Clemson. But it's just—I don't think nobody nobody's talking about this, and I know you guys will weigh in and give your honest opinion on it. That's why I love you guys. Tim Williams from Alabama. I was reading that article about all the fails. What 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 caught my eye was the multiple failed drug tests this year at Alabama, and he missed one half against Kentucky, Jonathan. Um, what's Nick Saban doing? I mean, another example of Nick Saban doesn't care about the well-being of players. He just wants them to win. But I guarantee you one thing they're not talking about in here is anabolic steroids. Right. I mean, they, um, the conversation what I heard was around uh, pot. I mean, didn't like get high too much. Which, I mean, if you're a college coach, you can understand why you don't necessarily care about it. But at the same point in time, we saw what happened with Randy Gregory, where he was supposed to be a top five pick, fell to the second round to Dallas, and he just got suspended in a year. And he's played, what, half a season maybe since he's been drafted? He can't stop smoking weed? We saw what happened with Josh Gordon. You know, that that's definitely – what this tells me is is that Tim Williams has an issue and that the, the issue hasn't been handled. He actually has an addiction that he, he doesn't really have control of. Um, this is the same guy who, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the guys who got busted in the offseason doing something, wasn't he? Uh, well, so, hello. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get addicted to marijuana, by the way, just so you know. Yes, you can. It's not an addictive yes, drug. Can. Yes, you can. You can get addicted to anything. It's a mental addiction. Not necessarily physical. Um, yeah, you can. Trust me. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I know. As, I, you, I as, you, as you're lighting up right now. As, as you're lighting up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, no, I, I, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, people become, they, they get mentally dependent on it. That's how your day has to start. That's how your day has to end kind of a thing. Um, no, so I, I, I've seen it. We, they talk about Josh Gordon. They talk about Randy Gregory. You know, you can get addicted to anything at the end of the day. Um, it's just his happens to be caught. You know, can't fault him. 
but that's, uh, there, there comes a time where you have to go, enough's enough. And that's, you know, Staley didn't want to do that because Tim is one of his best players. Um, and Saban might have his own beliefs on marijuana. But at some point, you got to tell him, look, kid, you can't do this in the NFL. Enough's enough. You're not supposed to do it in college either. If a coach, if a coach has knowledge of a failed drug test, Cuervo, there's supposed to be suspensions. There's supposed to be action taken, not just by the coach, but the university. And if this has been ignored all year to let this guy play, what do you think the NCAA should do to Alabama? Which Emmer's the best friend of Nick Saban, but don't you think that's where probation comes from? Putting ends ahead of the well-being of the kids, or whether it be, you know, Sandusky at Penn State, you know, you're covering up stuff to win. And I think Saban, you know, I think you need to look into this more. People will start looking into it more now that the season's over. And I wonder how many times he's done this with other players. You know what's funny about this, guys, is they'll let, they'll let, them, they'll let these universities – you know, I mean, you might want to check under the rug. I think it's full of dirt, and they might want to sweep that all out and, and and get rid of that pile of dirt that they've been sweeping under that rug. But here's the funny thing. So they let things like this slide, right? But, man, God forbid you get you accept a ham sandwich from somebody that uh, that's like a booster or something, and you're getting hammered for it. Like that, that to me, that it kills me. The, the, and it's not – I don't think it's necessarily a double standard. It's, a, it's, it's like one of those – I don't know if you want to say it's a loophole. It's just it's – a, it's a huge flaw in the rules of the NCAA. You can't get a ham sandwich from, from somebody, but we can hide somebody smoking all types of weed and, and um, you know, having a drug problem that, that everybody's just going to turn, turn a blind eye to. Mm-hmm. Well, quick update, Green Bay 56-yard field goal to take the lead. They left too much time on that clock. Yeah, that's what I was just Way about to say. Way too much time. Way too much time. But, but I was talking to Jonathan the other night, and this is, you know, here's a stat that came to my mind. Alabama, if you look at January bowl games that they played in, their defense has been dominant during the regular season, but they're giving up 500 yards, 50 points, 40 points, whatever during that time, but the reason my theory is, Cuervo, is the reason Alabama has such a trouble, all of a sudden their defense looks average pedestrian and the team loses these games is because they do test for steroids during the bowl season, getting ready, too, for the NFL draft, getting ready for combines and everything like that. These players have to cycle off that, and I think they can't play at the same level clean as they can jacked up on HGH or whatever it is. What are your thoughts of that? Is that something that maybe I'm reaching for, or do you think that's a possibility? I think it's a possibility, but I think it's it's pretty unlikely. I mean, I mean, how much does does HGH and steroids do? What does it do for you mentally? I mean, does, uh, does it enhance your your everything, mind? I mean, like, everything, everything. No, well, I've never done it, so I, I wouldn't. I couldn't. No, I've I, either, I couldn't tell I, you. I've me. taken testosterone, but I'm telling you, mentally, you feel like you, 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 you're king of the world, and you not only physically how much strength you have in recovery time. It takes you five minutes to get over a three-hour workout, and mentally, right. Jonathan, you've yeah. known some people that's taken it. How does it affect them mentally? 
Uh, HGH, not as much. I mean, the, the the thing with HGH and why I've always said that I have no issues with it is it, it improves your recovery time. And I'm a proponent in that because I'd like to guys get back on the field as healthy as they can as quickly as possible. Uh, but with steroids, it does lead to um, uh, how do I want to word this? Uh, mental instability uh, somewhat. Uh, that, that's definitely an issue that you will run across with uh, somebody who's using steroids, especially if they're not using them right. Um, you know, you, you have to know the fine balance between uh, your anabolic and your test booster and, and everything else. Um, and, you know, it, it obviously increases your, it, you know, the expansion of uh, your muscle cells to help you get bigger and, and earn more and gain strength, but you have to do that right or else you can just wind up ripping uh, your muscles off off the bone uh, because it expanded larger than they should for your body frame. So I, I do think that um, steroid usage is something that does need to be policed. Uh, we've seen that in the world of bodybuilding uh, as well as in uh, wrestling with WWE guys. Well, that's not a sport. Yeah, <laughs> WWE. Yeah, no, but, they, but they, they do abuse it, though. They do abuse. I mean, we we've, we've seen the instances oh, yeah. where you look at a guy and you're like, he ain't right. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, that kills me because I actually did a report on performance enhancing drug use, um, and used him as one of the key pieces. But he's a WWE wrestler, and uh, he killed his wife's the kids. Ultimate, and, uh, ultimate Warrior. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I know who you're talking. I, I know think who you're talking, talking about. I know Bret Hart. Wait, he, so no, he killed it. He killed his wife and kids, right? Then he then he took his own life. Yeah, yeah. I think that was uh, Chris Benoit. I think ah, that's there you go. Of. It was it was Benoit. Yes, uh, yeah, it was Benoit. So I mean, I, yeah, they, they attributed the steroid use to that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and we saw we saw what Florida did. Now it's funny. So when it comes to drug tests, um, through the season, most of the time. Um, you know, the, the school will administer them and handle it, and usually it's, you know, they think guys are smoking too much pot. Hey, come on, be in the cup. We're going to get you right. now. We've been right. telling you to watch right. stuff. 52-yard so field goal. Hold on, interruption. 52-yard field goal for Dallas with 40 seconds. Green Bay has two timeouts. I hope they don't burn one to try to freak the kicker here. Because Nailed Green Bay it. has enough time to get in the field goal range. Yeah, so we're tied up with 35 seconds left in the game. <laughs> and I'm telling you, with two timeouts, guys, with two timeouts left, Green Bay can get in that end. They can get in field goal range with Aaron Rodgers. Do not count this guy out. But Green mm-hmm. Bay's defense is so porous right now. They're, it's so bad that their only chance of winning is. Um, so in overtime, if a team gets the ball first and goes down and scores a touchdown, it's over, right? Correct. Yep. Okay, so they better hope they win that toss if it goes in overtime because their defense can't stop anybody anymore. They're done. Uh, man, what a game. What a wild game. But Cuervo, am I am I over-exaggerating with the time here? 35 seconds and two timeouts? No. Well, I think it all depends on, you know, what the field position they start with, obviously. I mean, if they can get a good return, then I I think Green Bay's got a real good chance of of ending this thing with three seconds left or whatever. But um, 
I mean, you're, I mean, how many times have we seen this guy do it, uh, you know, throughout his career? It's really going to come down to just, you know, where do they start off? But no, I think 35 seconds and two timeouts, that's, well, that's, that's a lot of time for a guy like Rodgers. If, if it's a 25, do you try to score? It looks like he kicked it out of bounds. No, it didn't. I'm sorry. All right. So they're starting at the 25, right? That's where they're going to start, the 25-yard yep. line. And so, so they need about, you got to get to the would, 45 of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you need about, what, 30, 30? We'll say 35 to be safe. 35 yards in 35 yeah. seconds with two timeouts. I mean, I think he could probably do that in 20. So – yeah. Uh, there's there's plenty of time. I guess we'll see how this thing works out. Uh, let's see what Dallas defense is made of. But you don't want to turn over here, though. That's the thing. If you turn the ball over, the game's over. So you've got to be thinking that. This is not just a, a win at all cost here, trying to desperation. You're not down by one. You're tied. So you got to be careful. You want those safe throws or you want to throw it deep enough to where it pins them back deep. But Let's see, Aaron Rodgers' first throw over the middle, that's interference, it should be. Did they throw a flag? No, of course nope, not. No flag. Of course not. That brings up second and ten. Let me see if that's truly interference. No, it wasn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called that one. Yeah, it was a good 30 call. seconds, Jonathan. 30 seconds, Jonathan. What do you think you do here? I think you go deep down the right side of the field right here. Uh, I, you're looking to find a way to get Randall Cobb open at the end of the day. Um, you can work the middle of the field um, because yeah, with two of, timeouts you can. Yeah. Look at this. Or you can, or you can get a damn delay a game. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, past the forty guys with twenty three seconds and two timeouts. Does the clock start? In the NFL, under a minute, or do they do they yeah. not start? It, it keeps going unless you out of bounds. Or oh, he went out of bounds, but they don't start it at the time of spot, do they? Everyone no, spot it. no, no. It, it, at okay. the snap. Good, good. Now you've got like a minute left in this game. Really, I mean, now you're screwed if you're uh, you're Dallas because now oh, you want to get to at least a thirty, Cuervo. Yeah, Ooh, Rogers got smoked. Damn! Now, now you go into overtime. I think now you start thinking I, about that with that sack if, that that killed you. If I know, if I know the way the Packers and Mike McCarthy are thinking, I think what they're going to try to do here is because of what happened just just now with that sack. This is going to be a matter of throwing it up to Cobb, trying to draw a flag, get get in field goal range, and try to end it at that point. I, I think that's what we're probably going to see here. Just throw something up, try and draw a flag, and see what happens. Man, you got to block that guy. Jesus. Yeah, that was a safety blitz. 32-yard line. You need at least 25 yards right now, I think. Let's see. I yeah. mean, 18. The, the problem and why that blitz was perfect was you had the safety come off uh, the backside. So the running back's already on the opposite side of the formation. But – that running back was a receiver up until like um, up until like six weeks ago. Ty Montgomery was a wide receiver at Stanford. He was a play wide out last year, so you know his pass pro isn't going to be great. So that that that's an excellent defensive play call by Rod Marinelli. 
Yeah. Now you go deep right here, third and 20 with 12 seconds, and you hope you get an interference call or something. You mm-hmm. hope you get a spot foul, anything well, like that. You also have Rogers, King of the Hail Mary. Yeah, so you can get some. I mean, you gotta. I don't. I think with one timeout left, you can throw a ball twenty yards down the middle of the field if you catch it, burn a timeout, and just try to kick one from midfield almost and see because it isn't a dome. All right, here we go. Rogers Ooh. rolling out. Uh oh, he's he doing it. what I, I thought he was gonna do. Wow, uh, he's out of bounds by a mile, wasn't he? They're in field goal. My gosh, what a catch. If that's a catch, then Yeah, he's good. Wow. The feet were in. The feet were in. Wow. What a throw. What a catch. Whoa, baby. What a throw. My God, what a catch, dude. He's in, Cuervo. (laughs) Yeah, he's in. He's in. And that's... That's the difference between a guy, with, uh, the the rookie, and the guy with the ring. That's the difference right yeah. there. How many how many quarterbacks can make this throw in the NFL right 34. now? So fifty one yard field goal. It, they're around the 34, 33 yard line. So yeah, it's going to be about a fifty to fifty one yard field goal. Uh, that's I mean, that's a chip shot. Yeah, Crosby, Crosby got he's got it. Well, let's remember that Crosby yeah. does have his issues with some inconsistency. It's not like he's automatic. But, what a you know, throw. I mean, regardless, that, what a throw. that's a dead eye I mean, throw. It's, I mean, it's a makeable kick. That's a Sean oh. White throw right there. <laughs> Considering that Crosby's <laughs> just now the 56 yarder, yeah, this is makeable. Especially, you know, Dallas is going to burn a timeout to try to freeze him. That that works in high school, guys, not the NFL. Okay. Works in college. That's it, yeah. uh, Clemson. <laughs> they got NC State because of it. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that look in Rogers' eyes. I mean, to throw across your body like that down the sideline, I mean, my God. What a throw. I mean, if he's not the best in the game, then I don't know who he is. Tom Brady could not have made that throw. There's no way. Tom Brady's arm's not strong enough to make that throw. That thing would have bounced three times and then went out of bounds. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's as accurate. I think he's got the strength, but I don't think he's as accurate as Rodgers is. Maybe Matt Ryan's the only other quarterback right now. Maybe. Cam, Cam Newton could. His arm strength is there. I mean, he's yeah, got the arm all the time. I mean, because you got a pinpoint. That throw is a pinpoint. I don't know if Cam could have pinpointed that. Um, he'd, have, he'd have thrown I, it to 39 over there. Car, Car would yeah. have caught that one. Yeah, I mean, because Cam would have thrown it on the line, and Car would have been like, thanks for hitting me in the face. <laughs> wow, All right, Aaron, Aaron. confirmed. So we're probably three minutes away from this kick. Aaron Rodgers already has his baseball hat on. 52's over there. His makeup's he's crying. It's running down his face. So, we'll see. The over-under in this game was 64-and-a-half. So, we'll see if it gets 65 right here, Jonathan. How did Vegas know? Of course they called the timeout. Of course they called the timeout. Of course. No, they didn't. Yeah, he nailed it. If he misses this guy's I'm I'm gonna be like that Alabama fan on T V the other night where he punches big screen T V against the wall. <laughs> you guys see that? 
Did you guys see that? Yeah, see that? yeah. That, that looks staged to me. Like, he, he was meant to do that anyway. He was going to do it. The guy hit like a five-year-old girl. He was like, threw a punch like a girl. All right, Garrett, here's your job on the line. You lose this game, you'll be you'll be Auburn's offensive coordinator next year probably. <laughs> well, that job's open to anybody, huh, Tarvin? Yeah, I tried to apply for it. Was, oh, you missed it. All right, here we go, guys. Oh, oh. oh, shit, it hooked in. Cuervo's ahead of us. It's in there. Yeah. Green Bay wins. Bye-bye, Dallas, number one seed. All you Cowboy fans that rose from the dead early in the year, go back to hell where you belong. <laughs> Dallas loses. Dallas loses. I Look mean, at Aaron Rodgers. Did you really think? Did you really think a rookie quarterback was going to beat Aaron Rodgers nope. in, in the second round of the playoffs? Nope. Let's get real. Oh, but, and but, I hate but, the Packers. Y'all know but, I hate the Packers. But let's be real. You're not beating Aaron Rodgers if you're a rookie quarterback. Was this Dak's oh. fault? No, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's Dak's fault. I mean, I think it's just more of, you know, Dallas not having as much playoff defense. experience. And, and, the, yeah, and the defense. Yeah. You got to blame that defense. Let's, 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 let's all be honest the for a minute. The Cuervo. The Cuervo. I, I want to ask Cuervo, I want to ask Cuervo this, though. It was 21-3, to and, and this couldn't have happened. They wouldn't have done this. This would be crazy. But in this type of game, I think the better matchup for Dallas that gave them the best chance of beating a Green Bay team would be Tony Romo being able to throw it everywhere, across the field, down the field, being in playoff situations before, knowing the impact, how big the game is, too big for a rookie. I think Tony Romo plays today. I think Dallas wins. That's that's tough. That's tough, Brian. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you think about a guy that has played five snaps all season or however many snaps it was, and you ask him to go and, and win a game in the divisional round, boy, that's – I don't know. I mean, it's it's been his team hey, for the past he, decade. He would have played. He'd have broken his uh, neck in the shower this morning uh, before the game. <laughs> right. Sorry, you're playing today. Ow, my collarbone. <laughs> but no, this right. is not this is not Dak Prescott's fault. This is the Cowboys organization's fault for not letting Romo play more this year. Because I've said it on this show a hundred times, and and you can back me up, Jonathan. Dallas is not going to go to the NFC Championship or Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. You know, at this point, I, I just think Dallas is cursed. Uh, the firing of Jimmy <laughs> Johnson reared his ugly head and strikes again. Um, I mean, goodness gracious. And, and, you know, because people kind of, well, Dallas and Dallas, and it's like, well, let's remember the last time Dallas was a number one seed. They had Tony Romo at quarterback, and they lost at home to the to the New York Giants when the Giants were on their way to to the Super Bowl. So this this is something that we've seen before. You know, Romo driving, throws the interception in the end zone, game over. Um, so I just think it's a curse. They should have never fired Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Hey, hey guys, if you love NFL football. Cuervo, you and you like quarterback play. 
the two hottest, best quarterbacks in the NFL or the NFC right now are playing next weekend, Matt Ryan at home against Aaron Rodgers. That should be a fun one. <laughs> that and, should and be fun. Julio yeah. may go for 300. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's going to be a good game. But, I mean, I'm just glad we finally got us an exciting playoff game. And, you know, like you said, I mean, it's going to be – the two guys not named Tom Brady that are the biggest MVP candidates uh, of the season. So it's going to be a great NFC championship game. Tarvin, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you'd be able to make your way down to Atlanta, but I'm sure it'd be a, it'd be a the place to be on, on Saturday after, or Sunday afternoon. No, I won't be there, man. I can't, I can't pull for the Falcons. I'm not one of those guys that because I live in Atlanta now, I'm going to come alive and, uh, uh, be a Falcon. Good answer. Like a lot of these Good people. answer, Tarvin. You stay loyal to those Panthers. Yeah. yeah until until Cam leaves, I'll stay loyal to him, and then I'll find another team. But it'll probably never be the Atlanta Falcons. Now, if Cam got traded to Atlanta, yeah, I'd be a, a Falcons fan. But you got to understand, living in Atlanta, guys, look, they're the worst fans ever. I mean, you got the Braves. They've won one championship. I mean, these fans are depressed. And now they're they're all of a sudden they're optimistic. They're buying jerseys again. They're coming out of the woodwork just to get their ass kicked Sunday against Aaron Rodgers, and then, and it is all for nothing. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again. It's, it never stops. Atlanta could be sixteen and zero right now, and and they would lose this next weekend coming up probably. That's the life of an Atlanta fan, Georgia fan, <laughs> the Bulldogs fan. You're always two yards short, you know. You're never gonna make. You're never gonna win the SEC. You're never gonna make it. You will not. You will not succeed. And yeah, I hate the Hawks it are terrible. The Atlanta Hawks yeah. are terrible. The Hawks, no, the, Hawks, the Hawks are always. It's just like you have teams that are hovering right around mediocre all the time. I mean, like the Hawks are gonna make the playoffs just to get the yep. teeth kicked in in the second round. You know, and it's, that's, that's what it is. Atlanta sports mediocrity, and they're okay with it because when the Falcons, if the Falcons choked um, yesterday, the media wouldn't say nothing about it. They'd be like, "Okay, you know, we're used to it. It's okay. Give Matt Ryan mm-hmm. an extension. Give everybody an extension." <laughs> right? I don't know. I, I don't know, but but here's the deal, and this is all the truth. I have not missed a playoff game yet this year in the playoffs. I've been I'm undefeated. I've got Kansas City tonight. Um, this was the game. This was the first road team guys to win Cuervo in the playoffs right now. The first underdog to win, not only the underdog, but the, the road team, first one to win. And you knew it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. You just knew it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think anybody uh, was a bit. Even though I picked them, the Giants to beat them last week, I just, I just felt good about the way their defense was playing. Other than that, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I was crazy to pick Seattle to make it to the Super Bowl. I just kind of felt like, you know, they were, they were playing well at the right time, and and so is Green Bay. So had Seattle won yesterday, I mean, imagine that matchup, Seattle you know, at home against Green Bay again. Um, I think that would have been an awesome NFC championship game. But, I mean, the Seahawks, you know, their defense just isn't the same, guys. I mean, and it's not even about Earl Thomas being gone. It's it's the the defense as a whole, the 
the, the bond, the LOB, all that stuff, all that stuff that made them great three years ago, two, three years ago, it, it, it kind of mm-hmm. feels like that, that magic in, in that Seahawks defense is, is gone. It's faded away. It's, it's no longer, I mean, you know, they, they, guys like Bruce Irvin leave, um, you know, you let, um, you know, you Michael Bennett with his nasty attitude, which I, I, I don't care for either one of the Bennett brothers, but, you know, all those things add up, and it's just not the same defense as it was. And on top of that, I mean, you know, a lot of people seem to forget Dan Quinn is the the one that really started all that, who's now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, you know, that's something that I, I didn't even put together until I was like, oh, yeah, the head coach of the Falcons, is, you know, used to be Seattle's defensive coordinator. I I would think he would know what how to plan for this, this defense, so – um, you know that that played a lot oh, yeah. into why I was able to light them up yesterday. Put a mean post on Facebook, guys. I said, "How about them?" <laughs> you, I, you ever I, see these? How about them? How about them? That's what they, those, those cowboy fans say all the time. How about them? You, you're you're going to get a reaction. That's for sure. Oh boy. Dustin Porterfield just came back and said they were pretty damn impressive, especially fighting back from 21 to three. The future is bright in Dallas. Not Jason Garrett is coach. It's not. Um, not with Jerry Jones as your owner. It's not. So the future is not bright. You still haven't won. A, you still haven't made it to the NFC Championship game in over 20 years. So the future is not too bright to me. I don't think. I don't think the problem is Jerry Jones as the owner, but it's Jerry Jones as the GM as the team president, as the coach, as the spokesperson, as everything else for the Dallas Cowboys. That's the problem with them. And I and, and I hate to speak of the dead. Now you look and you see, look at the Oakland Raiders ever since Al Davis passed away. And, again, I'm not, I'm not speaking bad about the dead. Now you see the difference because when, when one guy tries to hold all to the, uh, to the franchise, it, it, it never works. It, does, it doesn't work. Well, not all other people to do what they do best instead of trying to keep control of everything. Once well, Jerry I mean, either either sells the team or he decides to let other people do that job, then the Dallas Cowboys, this is what you're going to get. I'm, I hate to say it. Well, I mean, luckily Jerry's let Steven run the GM part of it. And without Steven doing what he's done in the draft, and not going out and making the big freeze and splash signings that have backfired for so many years. Uh, I, I think that's been a good move because it was Steven who took uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick in the first round. It was Steven that took Ezekiel Elliott. It was Steven who told his dad, we're not taking Johnny Manziel. Uh, I don't care what you say. So I, I, I think Jerry's problem is that he they won't get rid of the coach that they have their thumb on. I agree with you 100% on that. And you're right. Look at Oakland. Al Davis ran the show. Al Davis thought in 2005 you could do the same thing you did in 1975. And that was Oakland's issue. Because Al Davis saw a blueprint where he won Super Bowls and said, we're going to keep doing the same thing. I'll be damned if, you know, the results aren't this year. It'll be next year and the year after. You know, Jamarcus Russell and, and Darius Hayward Day. Um you know, so I, I do think there is somewhat of a correlation, but Jerry has started, you know, he did give away the GM title to his son, and that was the best thing he could have done because Steven has done a fantastic job of building this team. Let's not forget, 
that it was a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back. Now, let's not forget they got three all pros on offensive line. That offense is set for a while, uh, especially with Des Bryant. I mean, you know, they're going to need a tight end soon with Jason Witten. I still think you need a number two wide receiver. I don't like Terrence Williams. But that defense needs a lot of work. Rob Marinelli created a lot of gold this year with a lot of crap. Um, and, that, you know, that, that's where you're going to see, I think, a, tr- a real focus on that team. They're going to be looking to get some cornerbacks and some defensive ends because they need pass rushers bad. And hopefully they get Jalen Smith next year, the second-round pick at Notre Dame, who wasn't able to play this year because of the injury he sustained in the Fiesta Bowl uh, at, at Notre Dame. Um, you know, hopefully he can make a difference. They need to, to really invest and build that defense up. Because ever since they lost to Marcus Ware, it, it's just gone downhill. Yeah, you gotta you gotta change. You gotta change. And Dak Prescott came out of nowhere this year. We all talked about, even we said on this show, he was probably the best quarterback in the draft. Possibly, um, he got drafted by Dallas. Romo got hurt and they found lightning in a bottle. Elliott came out of Ohio State and just blew up. I mean, you can honestly say they overachieved this year. Cuervo, how do they come back next year in that sophomore slump possible? I mean, is it possible? Where does Romo go? Uh, what what kind of moves do they make on defense? They look good on offense. What do they need on defense? What are the Cowboys going to do? I think for Dallas – you know what they what they need is um, really I mean some guys that can cover someone. My God, I mean, I'm, I mean the the one the one turnover that they got in this game was it was a badly thrown ball um, by Rodgers, and it was I mean the the safety had to like dive just to get it. You know, other than that though, I mean. You know, Rodgers Rogers played a flawless game, and there was really – I mean, the receivers just kind of had their way for the most part with with those, with those corners. No so, Jordy I mean, Nelson. Get, yeah, no, and, and there was no Jordy Nelson, so the best receiver wasn't even playing. I think a pass rusher is obviously something that they need as well. You know, it, Jonathan mentioned it earlier about Randy Gregory. I mean, they really thought that he was going to be uh, a guy that, that they stole – uh, in the draft, and but he's been nothing but a disappointment. And I mean, you ain't see him at, at least 2018. So um, that's that's a real unfortunate situation, um, you know. But um, I think another another thing too is, um, you know, just trying to maybe compliment Des Bryant on the receipt because I mean, Terrence Williams isn't bad. But I, I just, I just kind of feel not like, good. yeah, I mean, he's not that great either. He, and you need, you need another playmaker because Des, Des gets all the attention. We don't know how much longer Jason Witten's going to play, so you, you need to find you another playmaker um, to complement the running game with Zeke. So, um, I, I, other than that, I mean, they're, they're Dallas is, they're like, they're right there. They are right there. They just need maybe one or two more guys, and. You know they're they are going to be the threat in the how about, NFC. How about saving, saving the Dallas? What do you think? <laughs> Good luck with that. He could finally win him a Super Bowl. <laughs> right, get get, uh, get rid of that that NFL demon that he probably has. 
Yeah, that would be pretty amazing to see Saban. I'd like to see him leave Alabama just so we have to quit looking at him every year. Uh, but anyway, it was. Uh, what'd you think of that national championship game, Cuervo? We talked about it before we were going to come back to it. What'd you think about Alabama and Clemson? Great, great game. I mean, what a way to end the college football season. I mean, you know, all the all the talk was about how dominant Alabama was, and, and it kind of kind of felt like, and, and that's you know that that's what had me leaning towards Clemson kind of felt like when USC and Texas played and how dominant USC was and how great their offense was, Bush and Liner this, Bush and Liner that, and nobody was paying attention to little old Texas and Vince Young and, and the guy that got snubbed the Heisman Trophy. And now you fast forward to this year, well, all the talks about Alabama and how great their defense is and is this the best defense Nick Saban's ever had. And you got a guy in on the other side into Sean Watson, little old Clemson University. Half the half the country doesn't even know where the where the school is. Couldn't name what state it's in, and you know he gets snubbed to the Heisman Trophy because you know uh, for whatever reason Lamar Jackson they felt that he was the better player this year, and um, you know just like Vince Young, he goes out there and and he he shows everybody who he is and. You know, tells the Heisman campaign, yeah, you made a mistake, man. Uh, so, you know, told the voters they they messed up. So I, it was it was a great game, though. Uh, the game itself was was the four, well the fourth quarter was good. Honestly, the first three quarters were kind of eh, your typical football game. The fourth quarter made it a classic, you know, instant classic. So where so what does this do to Watson's draft status before he was? somewhere in the middle of the first round, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there. I think this could push him close to the top five and maybe even number one overall because you know how big quarterbacks are in the NFL. And you saw what Prescott did this year. You get Watson, a higher talented quarterback than Dak Prescott, really, more polished. Um, He did something that Prescott couldn't do, beat Alabama. Should have beaten him twice, but Cuervo, does this increase his value up to the top five, or do you still think he's a middle round, first round? No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to play in the Senior Bowl or if he's going to be in the the Combine or any of that other stuff. But I tell you, if he doesn't do anything else for the rest of the off season, I think he is still a a top, like uh, the upper half of the first round. I think I think he'll go somewhere in there, you know, top fifteen, top sixteen pick. Somebody somebody will take him now. Do I honestly think it's a mistake? Yes, I do. Yes. I mean, it, it, although he played a great national championship game, I think you still have to look at the overall body of work. This guy still, at times, can can make mistakes, and you're scratching your head wondering what the hell was he thinking on that play. Um, overall, though, can, the comparisons to Dak are, are they're fair. I mean, you know, they're, they're the same style quarterback. I, I believe they're the same, you know, size guy, I mean, height-wise, weight-wise, whatever. Um, but you know, but Dak Prescott, well, he wasn't a he wasn't a first-round pick. You know, as, as much as he was liked at Mississippi State and 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 how impressed people were by his college career. 
he still was what a third rounder, fourth rounder, whatever it was. Um, so I think teams have to be careful falling in love with what they saw in that national championship game. Jonathan, what do you think about how much did that increase, if all, if if any, uh, that national championship game? Because I think it it did increase his value a lot. Well, I think it helped his value in the same way Corbo mentioned with Texas and Vince Young. It helped Vince Young's value. I mean, Vince, Vince Young went, went number three overall in a draft that it was supposed to be Matt Liner. Uh, he beat Liner, and all of a sudden he, he leapfrogged him. Uh, now, obviously, it's a little bit of a different situation. It's not like Jalen Hurts is there in the draft. But I, I, I think when, you, when I look at Deshaun Watson, I see somebody that, I mean, He's still got another year eligibility. So you're going to take him knowing that you're, you've got to be patient the first two seasons. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's as game ready as uh, Andrew Luck or uh, even Jameis was. Uh, you know, and that just speaks to the, the just the amazing quarterback Jameis really was and how Florida State fans really need to appreciate how we got one of the best quarterbacks to ever set foot on campus. Um, but I think it's if you're a team and I'm looking at the quarterbacks and I look at Mitch Trubisky and I look at I mean Deshaun Kaiser, that's at least a two-year project as well. You know Watson I, I think is, is more ready than Kaiser though. I look at Mitch Trubisky and he's probably at least a two-year project. Uh, you know so I, the thing is you have all these quarterbacks entering the draft and those are the seniors that you're looking at for the for the, for the first round and you need to take that into consideration when you're drafting them. Do I think Watson can be the first quarterback off the board? Yes, I do. Uh, he won the national title, back-to-back Heisman uh, finalist, uh, Heisman runner-up this year. Last year, I think he was third place. Um, you know, you're talking about a kid that has shown the ability to make the throws. You know, he he's mobile uh, enough. I mean, as we saw from the game plan this year, you know, he didn't run as many designed runs. Uh, which I think is good for his NFL stock because it shows that this is this is a kid who is not afraid to sit in the pocket. But there were the interception issues, no doubt about that. He he made some boneheaded picks. Look at the Pittsburgh game. If you want to watch still Deshaun Watson having a, uh, the, the ultimate what did you just do game where you set the conference record for passing yards, but you also threw what five interceptions. <laughs> and you know definitely a great Jekyll High performance. Um, so, you know, if, if I'm Cleveland with the number one pick, I, I think I think I'm looking at taking a quarterback number one. What? No, no. See, here's the thing with Cleveland. If I look at their roster, Isaiah Crowell, remember, that was the five-star kid from Georgia that got kicked out of Georgia. Extremely talented. He had a good year. And if you look at the receivers, they drafted so many receivers last year. They have a deep receiving core. Uh, you have Corey Coleman, Terrell Fryer. Uh, you still have guys like Ricardo Lewis. Uh, there was a kid out of Colorado State, Chad Higgins. And they could draft another receiver, but I don't think it's a first-round pick kind of guy. Um, you know, they have a good tight end. Uh, I, I think they need offensive line help, which is not a good year for the offensive line uh, in the top ten of the draft. I think that's definitely something they address in the second round. Uh, I think you look at the defense. They could use another 3-4 defensive end. They could probably use a couple 3-4 outside linebackers. Even there, you, you have to really, you know, Think about what you have there. They need secondary help, and I don't know if we're taking a, a secondary guy with a one overall pick. So if I'm Cleveland, to be completely honest, 
uh, this is this is the year that I take a quarterback. Because people are like, well, Cleveland always reaches for quarterback. Let me tell you, Cleveland has drafted four quarterbacks in the first round. They took Manziel, number 22 overall, Brady Quinn, number 22 overall, Brandon Whedon, number 22 overall. They took 10, 10 counts, number one overall. That was the first year that they came back uh, from uh, their hiatus of the NFL franchise. So this is, they finally have a number one overall pick again, and they need a quarterback. And I think this is the year you address it because you get to pick your guys. You get to pick all these guys. Where I think what happened the years prior was when their pick came around, they were like, I don't know if that's the guy we want. And they were like, we'll put on the back burner. And then they just hit a point where, like, oh, crap, we need to take somebody. Or else we're going to be. Well, I, think they could, I, think they could, uh, I think they could trade this pick, Cuervo. I think Cleveland could trade this pick down and get who they want and get more value out of it. Get them a, somebody will buy this draft to get up there at the top to get their hands on Fournette, Garrett, Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, Dalvin Cook, some of these guys. you think Cleveland should trade it? Well, I mean, you look at what happened last year. I mean, the, the number one pick got traded and um, slipping my mind. I think ten, it wasn't Tennessee the number one pick and they yeah. traded it away. I'm extending the show a little bit. That's why I cut Jonathan off just a second. I'm trying to make sure we got time. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Where were we? Um, yeah, I mean, it happened last Cleveland year. Cleveland trading the I mean, pig. Yeah, they, they did it. Tennessee did it last year. They, they still lined up, you know, with a decent pick. Um, so, I mean, if, if there's a guy out there that I guess you don't feel like is a home run hit, you know, uh, I, the guy slipped in my mind now, uh, his name, but the guy from A&M, the defensive Miles end. Garrett. Yeah, Miles, Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett. If, 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 if that's the Jonathan guy that, passed. yeah, <laughs> if they pick, if they Stanford keep that pick, here. I think that's who they should go with, but, um, if they're not feeling it, 100% like for sure this is the guy that we need, then I, I, I say, you know, every year it should happen. Teams with the number one pick should just trade it away. If it's not a home run, like for sure guy, you know, I mean, there's only so many Andrew Lux that you get in, in, in a draft or, you know, so many, so many guys like that, Jameis Winston. So, I mean, you know, if 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 it's not a guy like that, then I mean, I don't know why teams don't trade the number one pick more often. To be honest. Well, and uh, to answer your question, well, Brian, we saw last year the top two picks were traded away so that those teams could take quarterback. And neither quarterback, yeah. I don't think either of us thought was a first was a definite first rounder. Definitely not golf. I was not that high on Wentz uh, either. Um, I thought they were second round guys. Um, at best. So, you know, you look at it, if a team is desperate enough for a quarterback, they will trade up for one. Cleveland has the luxury of they have the number one and the number nine pick. So they could directly trade away the number one pick and still be there at number nine and wherever. I mean, Tennessee, they got a haul. Tennessee's drafting number five and number, I want to say, 18 this year. Uh, and the number five pick was the Rams. You know, Tennessee knew they could gun for it as soon as they saw the Rams season was taking. Um, so, you know, it, it, it does set you up to where you can be in a situation with, like, the Titans, but the Titans also traded that pick away because they had Mariota. So you also, you know, you need, you know, Cleveland did not want Wentz, and that's why they traded the pick. So you have to know um, 
where you are and what you need when you make when you decide to make that move. Because if you wind up with the number nine pick and let's say Kaiser, Trubisky, and Watson are gone, you're left there again with no quarterback. Well, I'll tell you, there, there's one player, guys, that, you know, Fournette I'm not sold all the way on about him, but Dalvin Cook is a guy that I'm very confident is going to make some NFL team Stud. very, very happy. You, you talk about Ezekiel Elliott, the year he had this year. I think that, and, and the reason I'm saying this, he's got all the tools, the the heart and passion he played with. It didn't matter if he was hurt or not. It didn't matter what the Michigan game. He could easily say, I'm skipping this. It, Michigan's one of the hardest-hitting defenses in the country. You know, I could get hurt. He came out there and put on a performance, won the Orange Bowl. That's what I'm looking for. When I'm looking at Dalvin Cook and Fournette, yeah, Fournette probably grades a little higher. But there's that heart factor, that competitive edge factor that, that you want on the field, Cuervo. That's why I rate Dalvin Cook the best running back in the on the board, just because I know he's going to suit up and play every Sunday. Fournette, no, I agree. He stubs a toe, his ass will be out for three weeks. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- and I think people are turned off a little bit, too, by – by him skipping this bowl game, um, I know. I know that was a big topic for a few, at least for a few days. It yeah. was with, between him and McCaffrey, and then you know the question comes up: Well, okay, is this the type of guy that takes plays off, or is he going to be the type of guy that, like you said, he stubs his pinky toe on a coffee table and he's like, "Oh, I'm out for a month." You know, like the commitment. Where is where is his level of commitment? How how strong is his passion for the game? How strong does he does he want to be committed to playing a game of football for 10, 12 years. You know, I mean, if you're willing to sit out a bowl yeah. game so easily and just say, eh, I'm going to get ready for the draft. Okay. Well, what are you going to do if your team is in the playoffs? You're going to sit uh, two games out and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saving myself for the postseason." Like there's commitment issues yeah. or questions with this guy. And with yeah, Alvin Cook, even, even in the Florida game, even in the Florida game, Cuervo, he was not dressed and everything. And then a fight broke right. out. Uh, before right. the game, and he runs into the locker room and dresses up and plays. So if he could do that, he should have been playing anyway, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. You don't all of a sudden just miraculously heal enough to go to go ahead in there and play. I get it. You want to play with your team. They got in the five, but he's a very selfish person. And and Jonathan, you saw Dalvin Cook play three years in Florida State. I mean, you see the Fournette. Who's honestly take your Florida State glasses off? Who's the best running back between the two? Dalvin uh, Cook. I, mean, I, I I do lean Dalvin if I take away the bias of it of how much Dalvin did for the school and how he's the best running back we've ever had. Uh, let let me just say that and that you know that includes Devontae Freeman who's tearing up for uh, the Falcons. Ever? Uh, well, ever? Yeah. Dalvin Cook's the best running back Florida State's ever had. He's better than better than Ward's done. Yeah. That is yes. work done. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think so. I think so. And 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 the, my big thing here is Fournette always seems to get hurt, and that's what scares me with Fournette. If I compare the two physically, Fournette's a beast. Fournette reminds me of Adrian Peterson. Dalvin Cook. I've heard the Jamal Charles comparison a lot. Um, nah. I, 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 well, I, when Jamal you, Charles is healthy, when he's healthy. I mean, you just all you just said it though. I I look at I look at I don't mean to cut you off, Jonathan. But I look at I look at uh, uh, Cook. 
And he reminds me of the guy who was just there a couple years ago at Florida State, Devontae Freeman. That's who he reminds me of. And I, I think he's framing with more speed. Uh, I think Dalvin's one of the fastest players that you're going to see on tape. Yeah. Uh, but Fournette's had so many injury problems. And I haven't seen Fournette as a pass catcher. I've seen Dalvin. It's not great, but Dalvin is good. He can run routes. He's one of the best. I mean, if I need a wheel route from running back, I'm sending out Dalvin. Um, you know, whereas I look and at Fournette. And he can block. Have, so for, that was one of the things that Cook worked on a lot was pass pro. Like, a lot of people didn't realize that Dalvin worked a lot on his pass pro going into this year. I look at Fournette. I don't know what he is in pass pro. I don't know what he because they didn't throw the ball that much to the have a quarterback. Uh, so I can't really hold it against him, but I can. Um, he didn't catch a lot of passes. It's not like they had a lot of design screens and things like that for him. Uh, and, you know, he can run between the tackles, so can Dalvin. He can run outside him, so can Dalvin. I think Dalvin's faster. I think Fournette's stronger. I think Dalvin and Fournette, as far as balance, are, are on the same plane. I think Dalvin's better at cuts. I think he's more agile. Uh, I think he has better acceleration. Um, but, you know, Fournette's injury history scares me. It reminds me of Adrian Peterson a lot. And, and the thing with Adrian Peterson is when he's healthy, he's the best running back in the NFL, no question asked. When he's not healthy is when you got an issue. And that's the thing with Fournette. Because, you know, when Fournette wasn't healthy, LSU had the benefit of Darius Geis, who's a phenomenal running back. But Darius Geis is not Leonard Fournette. Fournette can take games over with his leg. And, and, and that's something that it's, he's, it's a high-risk, high-reward. It's just like drafting Miles Jack. It's just like drafting Jalen Smith. It's just like drafting Randall Gregory. Where those were high risk, high reward guys, and Fournette to me is the same mold. I do not take him top ten. No way am I taking him top hey. ten. Hey Cuervo, you know you talk. We talk about conference strength and everything. If I told you that uh, Scout, you know ESPN's top thirty-two ranked players, fifteen out of thirty-two are in the first round from the SEC. Is that not mind blowing? Honestly, fifteen out of thirty-two in the first round. From the I, SEC I, conference, not as much as it would have been maybe ten years ago. I mean, honestly, it kind of feels like it's the norm now. I mean, you look at all the talent that comes out of the SEC, and that's not knocking the other conferences. I mean, I mean, the ACC just won another national championship. So um, I'm not saying that the other conferences don't have talent. However. I mean, when you look at the SEC, yes, maybe most of it comes from one or two schools. But, I mean, isn't, isn't that the norm now? I mean, all the talent comes from the southeast. That's, that's what we're used to well, seeing. And, well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, Alabama, Missouri, uh, LSU, Texas A&M. So it's, it's half of them. It's half the SEC schools. But. Then you've Who's got from the, the AC, Who's from Missouri? Uh, Charles Harris at defensive end. That guy's lights out, man. God, he's good. You know, and they, don't, they have Quincy Will, don't they have Quincy Wilson and, and Jalen Tabor up there, though? Uh, they do. That Florida, they've got Tabor. Uh-huh. I'm just looking at the ESPN's uh-huh. board right now. They Touchdown, do. Yeah. Yeah, and those, those, those guys have done just absolute one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, I don't. Nope. 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 But but not, I'm not, not getting I mean, I'm not taking anything away. 
I'm not taking anything away from the ACC or Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten, I will. They suck. But the ACC this year, Cuervo, probably yeah. could easily say they're better than the SEC this year. I mean, you know, maybe not top to bottom all the way, but the ACC was right there with the SEC, right there. They won both their bowl games in the New Year Six in the playoffs. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta weigh that. You gotta look at that when you start talking about conferences. Florida State beat a playoff team, really, in Michigan that could have been there. Clemson dusted Ohio State, uh, the team in the playoff, thirty-one nothing, and beat undefeated Alabama. Uh, other ACC teams gave Clemson hard times this year. So I could easily sit here and say that the ACC was better than the SEC, Cuervo, this year in football. Uh, and I think you can definitely make that argument. You, know, you look at other teams, too. I mean, North Carolina arguably had you know, the best quarterback in the draft going to be coming out of that school. Uh, you know, you've got uh, – I mean, you already mentioned Clemson, Florida State. Those are the obvious two. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, Louisville, um, you know, with, with Jackson, which, which I think he's he's not going to be that good, but – he won the Heisman Trophy, so for whatever yeah. that's worth. Yeah. So, I, mean, you know. I think the ACC's got the – I mean, just the top two teams right there. I mean, God, Florida State and Clemson, that's all you need, really. And the SEC and had Alabama, but they really didn't have that number yeah. two team this year. They didn't have that number two. LSU and Auburn were both inconsistent. Florida sucks. We know that. Jonathan will and, and second th- that, right? Think about this too, though, guys. And for the, for the first time in I don't know how many years, the SEC did not have a Heisman Trophy candidate in New York this year. So that that's something to be said too. Well, the and quarterbacks they, were all young in the too. SEC for the most part. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna tell you this: next year, if anybody wants to put up money, who the best conferences of football going to be? It's, it's the SEC guys. There's not even a close second next year. That this year, the ACC, I'm going to give them the award for the best conference. You know why they need to get this, though? It wasn't just what they did on the field. You had, just just look at this, you have Lamar Jackson in the Heisman, Deshaun Watson just won the national championship. The Heisman finalist is going to be first round, let's say early second round pick, right? John Red Francois from Florida State, uh, who, I mean, up and down, got his ass kicked a lot this year, but a good quarterback. Mitch Trubisky, probably a first-round, maybe early second-round pick quarterback. Brad Tyus, second, third-round pick quarterback. Uh, Nathan Peterman's probably a mm-hmm. third-round pick quarterback. Gerard Evans, uh, who entered the draft. Apparently, he got good buzz. So, let's say he's a third or The ACC had such a great quarterback crop this year at the end of the yep. day. And yeah. that's why they were the better conference. Because if you look at the SEC, what did you have? You had Chad Kelly until he got Nothing. hurt. Nothing. Jalen Hurts is a true freshman. Easton's a true freshman. You had Purdue transfer started at LSU in Florida. You had Sean White, who was hurt at Auburn, right? So they, they didn't have the quarterback depth this year. And no. it showed on the field. And that, that's Florida where didn't I have anybody. Right. So if yeah, you look that's, at the that's ACC, it. Georgia's starting a freshman. Georgia's starting mm-hmm. a freshman quarterback. Alabama, you know, South Carolina turned to one. I mean, it's just. You know, it's the quarterback does drive everything. That's why the ACC is yeah. the best conference. They had the better quarterback. But that's exactly that's why they, It's also why they didn't take a step back, though, because Clemson's going to be breaking in a new kid. Uh, you're going to have Georgia Tech breaking in, Virginia Tech, 
North Carolina, Miami, they're all breaking in new kids. Pittsburgh, it's going to look like a down year for the ACC because they're going to have a bunch of inexperienced quarterbacks out there at the end of the day. So, but And let me just say, at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody from up north says. I don't care what anybody from out west says. The ACC and the SEC are the top two conferences in college football every year. I don't care what the order is. It's just a fact that those two are in and everybody's in third and fighting for third place. Yeah, the best players reside out here. And even even the players that don't live in the southeast, they want to come play in the southeast. So you get the best kids out of the north, sometimes come down here. Out west, Saban can do it. Some of these other coaches can. Dabo can. Um, but this next year, the SEC is really going to have a – it's going to be – I think you're going to see a lot more parity. And when I say that, you're, you're going to have it like at the top. You're going to have – Maybe the best team in the SEC, ten and two. The second best team, ten and two. Maybe nine and three. The third. So you're going to have about six teams that are vying for a playoff to try to win the SEC next year. Compared to this year, we had one. We had Alabama. That was it. Alabama was the only team that had a legitimate shot to win. Once we got halfway through the season, we realized that's it. They're the only one. Uh, next year is going to be different. Georgia is going to be a lot better. Uh, with the recruiting class they have coming in, the quarterback Ethan maturing a year, Auburn with Stidham coming in, they've got everything but a quarterback. Now they have that. Alabama, I don't even think Hurts is going to be the quarterback next year. They've got a stud coming in. Um, I mean, it's just going to be different. Tennessee may take a step back. I don't know. I doubt it because I heard they, that guy, I can't remember his name, he's, he's the best dual threat quarterback that came out of last year's class ahead of Jalen Hurts, and he was sitting behind Dobbs this year. So, I mean, I think the SEC Cuervo next year, by far, they may get two teams in the playoff next year. That's how good they're going to be. It, it very well could happen. And, you know, I mean, I guess it, it all just comes down to the last month of the season, as it always does. I mean, you know, Washington, um, I don't know if they're going to be back. And Florida State will be in there, too. Florida State yeah, will be in the playoff next year. I mean, we could very well see two SEC or ACC teams, and then you get one Big Ten and one probably uh, from the, I would say, probably the Pac-12 or the Big 12, um, depending on how well, Oklahoma looks is Mayfield, next year. Is Mayfield coming back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but their running backs are both leaving, though, and I think the wide yeah. receivers leaving. Am I correct? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and yeah, they're Brown. they're in trouble. I, I I think I think the Big Twelve lost a lot of respect, but I think they gained it back a little bit this year um, with Oklahoma the way they they handled Auburn, the way they had two Heisman finalists in New York. Um, I think they tried to earn a little bit of it back. If Oklahoma goes undefeated next year, maybe even one loss, they'll probably get in. But you know, Oklahoma but, they, they lost too too early, but boy, they started rolling after that to win what ten straight. So they did, yeah, I mean, they it, was did all, a good job. it was all conference games until Auburn. Um, so, and I look at Oklahoma's schedule. And Auburn's and quarterback both. got hurt. Auburn broke his arm. Watt broke his arm in right. the first drive of the game. Which... Right. I mean, I think there was some fools gold in Oklahoma's schedule. And at the end of the day, the Big 12 was Oklahoma and a bunch of other guys. You know, West Virginia won 10 games, played many of the rest of the club, got their ass hit so in the second half of that game. Uh, Oklahoma State definitely played well, but Oklahoma State's always good enough for people to go, they could be a sleeper next year, and you're like, no, no, we're, I mean, why fall into that trap? They're going to win 10 games, probably. They're not going to win the conference. 
Uh, I, I think about, at the end of the day. How about Oklahoma State, Jonathan? How about their offensive coordinator coming to Auburn? What do you think about that? Your what's his name? Yursich. Um, I think that's who Auburn's trying to get right now. Well, that would be interesting. Nominated for the Broyles Award this year. That'd be interesting, considering he came from Schiffensburg. I want to say was it was a D three school. They might be D two. If you're from Schiffensburg, don't kill me. Um, but I mean, so he he was like an, uh, we and people were like that's a weird hire, and uh, their offense is rolled. I think that'd be an interesting hire for Auburn. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Auburn needs to find somebody who's going to have a good balance in offense between the run and the pass. You can't be too run heavy with Stidham. You can't be too pass heavy with the running backs you got. Uh, you know, you need to find a good 50-50 mix there. But I think spreading it out and going tempo would work out much in their favor, like uh, what they ran with. Hell for Bryles. I say go get our Bryles, man. Screw what everybody's saying. Go get him. I mean, he's already agreed. I mean, just just get him. I know I know Auburn wants him very bad. I can just feel it. But the media and they're afraid of the the backlash that's going to come by getting him. Go ahead and do it. Get him and and win a championship, and everybody will forget about it. I'm telling you, the world would crumble in college football. Far Bryles would come to Auburn. I'm telling you. I don't know. What do you think about Helfrich Cuervo being Auburn's coordinator? I just don't know if that'd be a good fit or not. He just—he doesn't seem like a Southern guy that fit in in the SEC. Oh, he's—he's he's not. He's definitely not. I mean, I—I I don't know if you want to compare it to Lane Kiffin at Alabama, but I mean, it, it would kind of have that type of feel where you know he, he doesn't really. You try to implement the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve style of offense in the South, and I, it just it, that's not the type of guys that they recruit over there. So I mean, it's it's not. But Kiffin can recruit with the best of them. Pelfrick, we know can. I think that's that's the only yeah. thing that Lane was able to prove that I, I who do you want me to go get? He's a five star. I got this. Whereas Mark Helfrick, he want me to go get? He's a four star. Uh, I don't know. He might not come. Let's go get another three star. You're like, oh come on. <laughs> well, Kevin yeah, also, Kevin also had that Alabama bankroll back there for him. Though. That helped him recruit a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Handing out paper bags. Well, well, guys. We're about to have to roll off here. Um, we're going to try to do a show either Wednesday or Thursday, but that might be – we may take a, a small break. It just depends how everything's going. We'll try to keep it as as normal as can as we can. So we will back on Wednesday, Thursday. What well, works best for you, Jonathan? Uh, my schedule is the same both days, so either one uh, works as long as we do like a 7 o'clock start. Okay. What about you, Cuervo? Can you join us this week? Um, yeah, I don't I don't see why not. Um just whatever, let me know what time or I'll look for the post. Hey. And um Friday's a big day, guys. Do you know what Friday is? I do. It's inauguration day. Yep, new ball here excited. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah. Mhm. Oh great. Are you excited, Cuervo, about that, or do you care less? Oh, well, I mean, I have to care. <laughs> I mean, that's the new guy i got to answer to. But, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of changes he could, you know, he could bring. I hope he doesn't fire me. Um, yeah, you're fired. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what he does. You know, as far as what changes he's gonna make and um, see how how much he uh, keeps his word on certain things he's been saying he's gonna do. Building a wall is one of them. We'll see. If it's a fence or a wall, and uh, yeah, right. but it's it's time for a change. It's time for a change, and I think Jonathan will agree with me. It's time for a change. Yeah, I'm just let's just hope he doesn't try to lie to beat it as he goes along. Um, you know, it's it, it is what it is. Everybody just needs to accept it. Let's move forward. Let's try to keep bettering uh, ourselves and, and the country and our community. Um, because hoping the president fails is like being on a plane and hoping the pilot crashes. Nobody wins if that happens, you idiot. So let's stop. Get behind the president just like everybody else did for Barack. We all had to. All right, whether we wanted him in or not, we all had to, had to you know, swallow our pride and support him because that yeah, was the new guy in charge. That was the guy who was running the country. And if he fails, we all fail. Trump's gonna Trump's gonna unify this country. It's gonna get unified with Trump here. And I know people think you're crazy if you say that. Just watch and see. If people will get behind him and just say, Okay, let's see what you can do, President and, and instead of making it a race thing or a party thing or anything like that, we're Americans. That's the main thing. We're we're all Americans, we're all on the same team, regardless of who's the president. So, um I hope everybody can Stop their BS and their whining. It's about as bad as Alabama fans complaining about that past interference. You know, these Democrats still won't let it go. Russia hacked. Yes, okay, but they hacked something you did, which was the truth, people. I mean, it wouldn't, they wouldn't have hacked it if it wouldn't have been out there. They wouldn't have had the information. But you break rules, you cheat, you steal, you kill. It gets, it will get uncovered, and the truth came out. So, anyway, what time is the inauguration Friday, Cuervo? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, Brian. I, I would imagine probably sometime in the early afternoon on the East Coast, um, but I, I don't have an exact time for that. All right. Well, guys, take care. God bless. It's January. It's NFL football time. When's your next show, Cuervo? Um, so Sonny's been busy all weekend, uh, taking care of some things locally with, with the, with the things that he does. Uh, but, uh, he told me we should be back normal schedule next week so we can cover the championship games and, uh, that'll be Sunday morning. So I don't know. I think we'll probably, how was, how was sports talk with the guys? Are they talking about football? Are they talking about wrestling and, uh, other things? Are they talking about the playoffs? Mm. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Brian. I have no idea. <laughs> Good answer. I haven't I, I haven't been listening lately, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't care about The Undertaker anymore, you know. Hell, I'm 40 years old. I could care about Kane or The Undertaker or anybody like that. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we, we do not talk wrestling on the show. Uh, we don't. We don't talk hockey, but Jonathan does get on to me real big about that, so we may have to start talking hockey. We don't talk NASCAR on this show. We don't talk golf on this show. 
Plus it's Tiger Woods. Oh, so just so you know. Yeah, I'll call Tiger, but Tiger is about getting as far as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I talk Tiger when he's a tiger, not when he's a kitten. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah, the Pittsburgh's defense came to play. Pittsburgh's defense yeah, came to play tonight, it looks like. They're playing tough. So go Steelers. I hope I'm wrong about this game. Uh, I hope the Steelers win because they can beat. And to Cuervo, tell me if I'm wrong. Jonathan and I agree. We're pulling for Pittsburgh because we think that's, that's the team that can beat New England. Um, I don't know. I, I've I've got Kansas City winning this game because I think if any defense can stop, I think if any defense can stop this, both the Steelers and the, the the Patriots, I think it's Kansas City's defense. I mean, now they're they're fully healthy, uh, finally. So I mean, you know, it's um, you know, they're gonna. I think they're the ones that'll probably put up the best fight against New England next week if they do hold on to win. All right, good. I just can't believe it. Atlanta may Atlanta opened up just so you know, guys, a four-point favorite over Green Bay, and I think that's about right. I think Atlanta's a good football team. I know we like to bash the Falcons and and all that, but they're a real good football team right now with Matt Ryan. They're they're playing. They're running the ball. They're playing. Yeah, it'll go down. The public will get on Green Bay. Yeah, I think that you know the the difference I see in Atlanta is their defense. They're they have, they've got a nose for the ball now. They're, they're and they're physical. Like they they're not the same soft Falcons defense that we were used to watching, you know, three four years ago. Like this is a defense that attacks and they go after uh, the quarterback and they and they create turnovers and things like that. That that's not the Falcons defense that I remember watching the last time they were in the postseason. So it's it's a different team. I think the running game has something to do with the physicality of it. In practice, you, you got some, you know, you, you run the ball physically. And I don't know. I don't know what changed. We'll have to find out what changed. But Matt Ryan looks like an MVP this year. So we'll see how he fares up. But I'll, I guess I'll be pulling for Atlanta next weekend in that game. Yeah, because, I will be too. I mean, I, yeah, I'll be pulling for the Falcons. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, I'll be pulling for the Falcons. They haven't – look, they've only been to one Super Bowl. Um, they've never won – they didn't win it. So, I I, I kind of would like a changing of um, of the rotation, if you will, get a, get a different team in there. Um, but I I don't know if they can they can get it done. Well, see, well, isn't that a reason to pull for the Chiefs then? If if we want to see a change in the rotation, let's let's see uh, Kansas City win. Andy well, Reid, ratings. Super Bowl. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the bad ratings if you had Kansas City versus the Falcons in the Super Bowl? You know, <laughs> that would be the lowest watched. That would be the You're, lowest no. watched game in the <laughs> history of the NFL. Now Aaron Rodgers <laughs> against Brady now. You, you put the Packers against Brady, then you got some ratings. But not Kansas City, the Atlanta. The NFL wanted New England, Dallas, and they were like, "Okay, well, let's get Dallas, Pittsburgh." All right, well, can we get like New England, Green Bay? Like, we'll take New England, Green Bay. So, Abby, <laughs> if you match New England, Atlanta, people are going to go, "Oh, well, this is what ninety-eight all over again with the Broncos and the Falcons." Why do I care? Um, you know. So, I, I mean, uh, my my father's side is from Pittsburgh. 
So I, I always, you know, will pull for the Steelers when they're not playing the Bucks. Uh, just like my mother's side is from Chicago. I'm actually the only Florida-born kid. Um, now that I think about it. So, like, I pull for the Bears when they're not playing the Bucks. Uh, but Jonathan, you know, you're, I, you're all over the place, man. That's that's my, what I got from that. You're look, all over the you, place. I, if I gave you a breakdown of fan, of my family and baseball, your head would explode. <laughs> no, you're just a bandwagoner is what the hell you are. That's the definition <laughs> right there. Hey, 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 hey. The Bucks need to go 16 and 0. I don't care if the Bears and the Steelers are in the way. <laughs> well, guys, we're running out of time. We'll see you later in the week. God bless. Take care. Uh, we'll talk to you before Inauguration Day. We'll we'll be here to, to welcome President Donald Trump into office. Everybody have a great evening. God bless. Bye. All right, All right guys. Have a good week.